You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight we talk about the 1979 Mumblecore classic, Manhattan. Fucking Mumblecore. You hear this motherfucker <laughs> starting shit before we even get going. You no trouble. Me, Supreme You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Oh, yes. I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit. All your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. This city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mayor, real wrath of God type stuff. There's fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host, I'm editor Brian Okins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am good, Mr. Mumblecore. I can't believe you <laughs> fucking pulled the pin on that fucking grenade like that. Well, I just think we got to like set expectations about what the podcast is really going to be about. We also have with us costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, here we are talking Woody Allen's Manhattan from 1979. Good year in cinema. Yeah, what else came out this year, Brian? Alien, man. Oh, really? This was the OG Alien year. Yeah. Hmm, this should have looked better. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I was looking up the budget. This was kind of blowing my mind because this is the first time like Woody Allen actually had like a, a decent sized budget. He was working like uh, under ten million. Like uh, I, th- I think Annie Hall was around six million. This movie cost ten million to make. Nineteen seventy nine. Alien. Its budget was eleven point like five. Wow. Right? Isn't that insane? Like, think of all, all the sets insane. they had to make for that movie. And all, all, the, all the special effects and everything. Wow. And the lighting. Which is really strange, because for this film to cost that much, they must have, everybody must have been making bank. Because it's, a lot of it's not really lit. They just kind of, like, shoot it. You don't think it had anything to do with all of the locations in New York that they locked down? I don't think they, I mean, maybe they did. I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess. yeah. Because yeah, there's a lot of outdoor. How much they're walking around in different museums and even on the street, there's they're yeah. doing that pretty successfully. So I think the budget went there. Maybe, yeah. That's crazy though, because Annie Hall was like what two years before this, and I don't know. That's all over New York, you know. That's a very New York centric movie. That is a lot more handheld, and this the camera in this is pretty fucking smooth. Is it Dolly or is it Steadicam? 
Dude, I don't know. It looks like it's a dolly based off of the way the shots are, you know, choreographed and blocked. But, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it moves in interesting ways where it's like, this 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 movie's and maybe because of the the shooting locations is why, but it's very shot very simply, but 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 the blocking within the shots is what's interesting, and they kind of let things live like they don't really like, like just, it's kind of like a master class in like single shot scenes or like you getting the minimum coverage with blocking. Ah, it's yeah. very interesting. That's I why really I called en- it like classic mumblecore. Sorry. I really enjoyed how they, but that whole like uh, when they're like in the planetarium and they're walking through and it just kind of looks like they're wandering through the stars. Like it doesn't look like they are in the planetarium and you even lose them for a little while. Um, yeah, I love that. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's very interesting. Uh, I mean, like, is that what planetariums used to look like? Because when I was a kid, a planetarium was like a. You go and you like sit in a fucking chair and you look up at a ceiling and they like do stars and shit on the ceiling and tell you about it. Well, that, isn't that in the planets? Isn't that part of it? Yeah, there, there's know. a moment where they like don't they have a two shot where they're the side profile and then there's stars behind the them? stars. Yeah. yeah. Well, this one's like they're walking on a world, you know. And is that early green screen that they're doing? Because there's a lot of weird chatter like on the edges of their um, silhouette shots. It's like they're superimposed into these things. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I don't know what they're doing there. I mean, it looked good. I didn't question it, but yeah, the edges are like very jumpy and jaggedy. Yeah, it does make it look like a a bad key or something. Yeah, it's like a real. It's like an early key. It's like an early early digital mat, but that doesn't make sense. I don't know. The whole movie's grainy. I like it though. It, it, I not, like that. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. Not knocking it. And there's like odd times, which made me feel like it, it, it's low budget because there's odd times with the camera where you feel the shutter. Because they're trying to do things for exposure, especially on the shots of like the city where you're trying to get like hard sun, but you're still getting all the detail and the shadows and stuff. And so they were they were like doing some like riding the shutter, and so you and, like if you would see in the um, in flares, you would get like a like a like a you know a rolling shutter feel. But that was just to get exposure. It wasn't it wasn't a mistake. That's just but that like, made it feel like I said it made it feel like it was low budgy at times, or like a European movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like an art film, yeah. It's very art film, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what they were going. I don't know if they were like I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but I think it fits in perfectly. Well, he drops Bergman and Fellini's name in the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do think that was a is a conscious choice on his part. I don't yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're reading into that. But this seems like, I don't know, one of Woody Allen's more personal movies. Oh, because of the underage love thing? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, it's hard not to say, You know what I mean? It's hard not to think about that when you watch it, knowing what you know now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, nobody nobody was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is autobiographical. This is what this no, I, as, as, as soon as they go out and they have that moment where she's like, you know, she's, she's 17 or whatever, and then it cuts back to the couple going back home, and she's like, you know, it's okay. It's okay that she's 17. They, like, like they have, and they have the woman say that. It, it, like coming in the next room, like like she validates it when they're talking away from him later. You know, it's very interesting that they everybody's just cool with it. But this movie didn't cause any controversy with him dating a seventeen year old until several years ago when the Me Too movement happened, and now all of a sudden everyone hates this movie. But this was like a beloved movie up until again a few years ago, and I so I find that actually very interesting that. Yeah, no one, no one seems to care. And yes, you're right. The all of the adult characters in this, who presumably are also in their forties, are like, yeah, it's totally fine. 
Wait, wait, people hate this now? Apparently, yeah. Really? Oh, man, I was not in the know. I, I wasn't. I was uh, looking up something else, and that's when I found an article talking about all of the different people that have been disparaging it. They're like, how are people talking about this movie when it's not even streaming anywhere? <laughs> um, yeah. That, that, that's kind of crazy. So uh, I think it happened when uh, Netflix came out with the their documentary. It, what is it? Dylan versus Alan? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever the whatever that documentary is. Oh. Um, that's when people kind of turned against it. Forty some years, you know, it, it takes a while for it to sink in. <laughs> what? I don't know. Well, yeah, and I was also. Um, I, I kind of discovered on this, there's some actress who I hadn't heard of. Um, let me see if I can pull up her name really quick, actually. Hold Mia on. Mia Farrow? No. <laughs> Sorry. Have you not, not heard of her? Okay. Um, so apparently Bobby Christina Englehart is an actress. Says she claims that this movie is based on her because she had a relationship with Woody Allen when she was 17. And uh, also, I thought was interesting was Mariel Hemingway, who plays the seventeen-year-old. Uh, he, uh, he was apparently Woody Allen was like very professional and you know all of that. But then afterwards, apparently he invited her to Paris, and she was. It was only when she realized that like he meant like in the room, like that they would like be together and like he would stay with her and. Um, not separate rooms, right? That's when she like was like, "No, thank you, <laughs> I am good," <laughs> and that ended their relationship. Apparently, immediately he flew home the next day. It's a long flight back, Woody. <laughs> yeah, because he was in Idaho visiting her family. Actually, so it was a... <laughs> I imagine it's a long flight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> so awkward. All right, so you're saying Woody Allen's got like a little touch of uh, Alfred Hitchcock in him. He's like, uh, excuse me, I, 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 thought, I thought we had a connection here. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I must have read the room wrong. <laughs> You'd never be able to take him seriously, ever. Like, it, he, could, he, he could come up. Oh, and... even when he's just being dry, you know, he's just talking. You're like, all right, are you? <laughs> is this a bit? Is this a joke? Like, is the punchline going to come at the end? Or am, am I too stupid to get this right now? Yeah, I don't know. I, I know uh, Woody Allen's got a uh, a troubled past, and I know he's been accused of things and all that other stuff. I'm not going to point blame at anyone for anything, whatever. I mean, like, but I, I, I don't know. That, 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 <sighs> Mia Farrow and, and fucking Woody Allen, that, their their family home life was kind of weird. You know what I mean? It was, just, it, was, it was bizarre to begin with. It was obviously a troubled home, you know, but, like, as far as I know, I've never... I've never heard of an actress come forward and accuse Woody Allen of anything. Like the the this Hemingway story, I mean, I, I didn't, I've never heard about that. Well, she's not a- accusing him of. I mean, she's she has nothing bad to say about him, actually. Um, no, she she speaks very highly of him. That was just like a one-off story that she tells. That is nothing. Has no. She's she she's she's not speaking ill of him. She was just telling a story. Hmm. Yeah, I think she goes out of her way uh, to to say that she is not accusing him of anything. Actually, yeah, I've I've never heard anything like you know terrible with any any inappropriate behavior on set. You always hear about it. he's just nice, calm, funny. Doesn't yeah, do a so lot of I, takes. Here, I I have a quote here from her. 
uh, where she says, this is a touchy subject for me because he was never disrespectful. He was never unpleasant. She says, I don't know Mia. I don't know Ronan. I don't know Dylan. I don't know the story. It's not my story to tell. Um, she goes, I'm not going to go on a bandstand defending him, but the integrity of his work to me still stays intact. Uh, and I'm not going to go down that road with him, but maybe that's cowardly of me. That's the full quote. Hmm. I like that. That You know what? Respect to her. <laughs> that, that, it's an awkward position to be in, you know? Like It's a very awkward <laughs> position. <laughs> so tell us about this uh, guy you worked with that may be a shithead. Give us all the dirt. Yeah, did you hear that this guy might have molested his <laughs> child under the age of 10? What are your thoughts? Like... <laughs> Because how old? Well, never mind. We don't have to get into all of this. Because, but was it like he was accused of like a like a like a under? Was it? I know it was under the age of ten, but also it might have been like significantly younger. I haven't watched the documentary. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was. It was significantly young. <laughs> was it like? It wasn't like a baby. Dear God, it wasn't a baby, was it? No, but Who was I, it? Was it Dylan? She was the. I don't know. Or was it both of the kids? I don't know. No, it was just one of them. I don't. I don't know which one. Okay. Don't don't know the name of of the kid. I I just well, anyway. it it does rub me the wrong way though. How like that happened in what ninety two ninety threes uh, maybe ninety one so, somewhere in the early nineties that incident happened, and now in twenty nineteen or so like we're just gonna act like oh this just happened now and all of a sudden like all these actors don't want to work with him. Like I think Woody Allen's uh, next couple mo- movies, I think he's he's his next one he's doing in France, with like an entire French cast. In France, I mean that doesn't look well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that seems to be legit. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> I'm just it's it's <laughs> shitty though that like all these people that you know worked with him after this came out are now all of a sudden because of public pressure. You know what I mean? It's not because that's obviously that's not what they really believe in. Because if, if if they believed something, they would have done otherwise, right? When they when they had the information, you would hope so. Twenty plus years ago, but now you got to play the game so you can continue to get work and eat. <laughs> okay, yeah, but we haven't I even. I mean, we're talking inappropriate Woody Allen. I mean, I mean, for the longest time, right? He was known because he married his adopted ch- child. Is that that is correct? That, that is that is. Still married to her to this day, though. I, I, you know what? There, there, there is that. There is. That. <laughs> it does make it a little bit easier to swallow, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. It was true love, right? Apparently so. <sighs> it's just so odd. Like, like, what's this movie trying to say? Like, what's the last line? Uh, like, where she tells him, "Sometimes you got to um, have faith in people," or some shit like sometimes that. Sometimes you got to have faith I in like people. That. I actually really like that line. And then he kind of has a sly little grin. What's he trying to say there? Is, is that does that mean that he his his like all of, all of his ramblings has worn off on her and that's kind of like something that he would say so that was more like this is not something he would say yes it would no like he like when he's when he's rambling about and all of his shit he would he would say something like that I mean it might be in part of the rambling but he is so neurotic he does not trust anybody he is so insecure that uh, no. 
so before when he was telling her to go away and like, oh, you know, it'll be fine and it's not that long. Um, he doesn't actually, I mean, he's doing that because he just wants to get her out of there. He, yeah, he's, he's just, trying to end it. I mean, this is, this is, this whole movie is, uh, full of people who are emotionally unavailable. Every single character pushes somebody away, except for the 17 year old who somehow is the most mature one of the group. I think that's also why <laughs> no one really questioned her being there and their relationship because they're like, well, yeah, she's just the only one who. <laughs> <laughs> normal. Um, I mean, the other characters are fantastic, but they're all like so messed up. And so I just thought it was just another bit of wisdom from her. This is something that he kind of needed to hear, like maybe at the beginning, maybe his whole life. Um, and I also think it's funny that she's just, you know, pl- you know, playing his words back to him. But I, I don't think that he at any point in time would be like, yeah, just have some faith that it'll work out. Like that just doesn't strike me as Woody Allen saying. Yeah, that. He's like six months. That's that's forever. You know, you're going to be a completely different person in six months. Yeah. Yeah, dude. They didn't have cell phones. No fucking email. Like no FaceTime. Like, oh, God. Doesn't yeah. that sound nice, though? Yeah, sounds pretty awesome. I'm just saying, like, that six months feels, like, really long, you know? You have to wait, like, fucking five days, fucking two weeks for a letter. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> a lot can happen. Yeah, especially when you're 17 and you're exploring the world, right? That's right. And you're meeting people. And, well, what a... Yeah, I can... No, he's not going to have any faith. Why would he? Because if the situation was reversed, as we've seen, you know, he wouldn't wait around for her. He clearly didn't wait around for her. Oh, she's going to go to England. She's going to get that drama teacher with that mm, English accent. She's going to melt like butter. Oh, and the other (laughs) thing I I think that people ignore their relationship in this is because she makes it a point of saying that she's experienced. Like, he's, what, her third lover or something fourth she had he she had three more before him and he yeah, was it, what, did, what did he say i find that hard to believe <laughs> i find it ble- hard to believe that you had three affairs before me <laughs> interesting framings in those shots like there, there's in, the, in that scene it's like super wide and you know she's over on the couch like lit and he's walking around the apartment it's like, like play things and these odd wide shots I really liked that. It was, it felt intimate, though. It, it wasn't perfectly blocked. I, I understand. Yeah, but it felt very intimate. She's just, like, chilling there, and he's, like, buzzing around like he always does. Yeah, I love that spiral staircase. Oh, with the light coming down? Yeah. I yeah. miss that in a shitty apartment. <laughs> it's just, like, fucking white walls, a square, no, no fucking definition, no character <laughs> at all. His, his, his brown water. <laughs> <laughs> Got some brown water here. He's like, you want to go? You want to go for a walk? It's probably quiet outside. <laughs> That's so funny. Somebody's this this movie is face. so funny. I laughed so much at this. Actually, I thought it was really funny. You're so beautiful. I can hardly keep my eye on the media. <laughs> He's in the taxi. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Did this movie make you miss New York, Kristen? Yes, this movie definitely made me miss New York. You can. Um, it's just absolutely beautiful that some of the, the the landscapes were just incredible. All of the people, as crazy as they were, like they all have a personality. They all have something to say. They all have an opinion. They're all mostly friendly, and they'll talk to you. And you can like like it can start raining. You can duck into an art museum. Like it like there's just yeah. so much there that doesn't 
always exist in other places. And yeah, it did make us a lot, actually. It made Central Park look nice. Central Park did look nice, yeah. Sometimes Central Park looks like shit movies. Well, it just depends, you know. <laughs> and that's one of those, well, the, the nighttime stuff where they take the carriage ride, where he's like, uh, you know, I took the same route when I was on my prom, you know, seven times. It would been a lot better if there, I was with a woman, you know. Okay, um, when they make out in that, though, it's so Oh, he's gross. so awkward. He's so gross. <laughs> Anytime he kills, when, when he's making out with Diane, like, 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 just, he's just so, so, he's so bad. <laughs> it's not hot at all. Mm-mm. Like, ugh. Oh, that was another interesting thing. Um, Muriel Hemingway, the little girl, um, this was her first kiss. What a yell was her first kiss. Oh, no way. That's even <laughs> worse. <laughs> Wait, not first on-screen kiss, but like first, no, first kiss. kiss. Pe- yeah. Oh wow! She, wow. She was eighteen, and it, she'd never been kissed. Yeah, because that's terrible. You need to get out some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was your first kiss? Technically, it was Woody Allen. It was in a movie. <laughs> oh, I mean, dude. luckily, no one asked that. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's like uh, I, I guess if you were an actress, that'd be a pretty common question, right? What was your first on-screen kiss? Oh, yeah, I guess it would be on-screen kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, um, I have a quote. I saved the quote about this. She says, I had never kissed anybody, so the kiss in the cab around Central Park terrified me. I was worried about it for weeks. Fortunately, it was a long shot, and I didn't have to do much. He attacked me like I was a linebacker. I bet he did. He's like, I am going to make out with Ernest Hemingway's granddaughter in the back of Hell this yeah. carriage. It's going to be <laughs> literary hot. It's so crazy how she's like taller than him too. It's like this awkward just the whole the whole situation's awkward. <laughs> well, I think it's really interesting because she kind of she doesn't say very much. I feel like I mean compared to the others who are just like constantly talking, she uh, her lines are much simpler because she's just sort of like a force and like like yeah, and she's taller than him, but she's just so qu- quiet. But it's, she's Her like voice a is magnet sounding too. Yeah, well, which I, is weird. I, mean, I think she's putting that on when all of the um, like the, I was gonna say the adults are talking. Um, when, <laughs> but when, when the adults are when the adults accurate. are talking, <laughs> and then uh, Diane Keaton uh, says to her, you know, what do you do? And and she, like she's so simple. She just goes. I go to high school and like is she dominates that scene and it's just so simple and i just i i think it, the, yeah. it's uh, wasn't she nominated for an award for this yeah she was nominated for an oscar for this an, for an Best oscar, supporting yeah. actress yeah you know who she really lost to who's that meryl streep for kramer versus kramer oh wow yeah she was great in this like she was an interesting like even her her voice and her deliveries in this were, were interesting she's very good though meryl streep yeah, and, and I loved her wife. <laughs> I loved her wife she actually was way more. Fucking great, yeah, dude. She was great. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't bring this in on me. Like all of her deliveries were excellent. Like, like she just, I don't know. She was great. Meryl Streep was all right. She was just, I don't know, kind of a one note. Yeah, but like I, I think it played really well. You know, in, in his in his world, you know. Yeah. 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 No, you're you're right. I I kind of wanted like the two of them to like kiss in front of him and just do do something to show some kind of infection just to just to get under his skin a little bit more. Is that allowed at the time? <laughs> uh, you know, I guess this was pretty progressive on-screen lesbian relationship and they're not making fun of him. Yeah. No. 
In fact, it's seen as like the logical well, conclusion after dating Woody Allen. Woody yeah, Allen, yeah. I mean. Well, he's like, he's like, some people have trouble with just one mother. You can't survive one mother. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Some people can't even survive one mother. Like, I, I like the I like the scenes with his kid, though. Like, like you know, running and playing the ball and all that. Like, all, all that stuff plays. Yeah. I just wish there was, there was more building there. Because it seems, seems like he doesn't really care about his kid until the kid's actually there. You know? <laughs> Well, I mean, accurate though. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's right. I have a son. Um, <laughs> Did you see him dribbling the ball down the fucking goddamn sidewalk? Yeah. That was, like, oh my god, it was hard to watch. <laughs> He's like, I've done this once or twice before. So, t- so tell me about my son. Is he good at math? Is, is he wearing dresses? Like, <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen a? I guess everybody's seen a Woody Allen movie before, right? I did find it, this one weird. It's uh, the opening credits that he normally has with his, like, you know, uh, I don't know what font he uses, but it's like the Woody fucking Allen font. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. black, and then he's got, like, usually some kind of, like, ragtime or some kind of jazzy music underneath it, and then the movie starts. But, yeah. This one didn't even have a title. Did it not have a title? No. Uh, it's It's on the sign. Okay. So if we take that to be the title, then the movie should be called Parking Manhattan. Right? Because there's a parking sign right there. So if we're reading one sign, then we're going to have to read the other sign, right? No, motherfucker. <laughs> the sign that's flashing says Manhattan. I'm just saying, you know, the parking sign was also lit up in the shot. Okay, Brian, people like you are the reason that he tried something new no, and was like, never you, again. You and there Wallace Shawn are headed to the semantics fucking convention. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. He was like, let me experiment. And then very quickly, he was like, never mind. <laughs> People uh, don't get it. <laughs> go back to what you were doing in Annie Hall. Stop this. I haven't seen Annie Hall since I was a teenager. So, uh, you know, how, how does uh, how, how do their performances hold up? Because I know you watched it recently, Brian. Uh, I like the Annie Hall a lot better than this. Are they the same characters? Or, or can you tell the difference in them? Yeah, no, you can tell the difference. I mean, there's a lot of spillover. Um there's there's another Fellini line, uh, some of the political uh, jabs here and there. Um, I think he's got Nazi jokes in both of them. Like, yeah, let's just go club some na- Nazis. Is it um, horrible I that though? Was great. No, that he that they made fun of Nazis, and I was like, oh my god, that's so refreshing. <laughs> and then I was like, oh wait, he's Jewish, and that's an old movie. Never mind, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> wait, do we not? Do we not make fun of Nazis now? Because I, I feel like we should. Yeah, I feel the new, like the we new should. Indiana Jones yes, movie is going to take care should. of that for yes, us. Don't worry. Oh, that's right. Harrison Ford is going to punch the shit out of some Nazis. It's going to be yeah, so awesome. Yeah, cannot wait for Indy to punch Nazis. <laughs> Maybe shoot a that couple of them. quintessential punch. Yeah. Get Hell the whip yeah. out. I already got my tickets, though. You get your tickets? They're already on sale? No. Indiana Jones. I figured I'd go with, I figured I'd go with you. You always get extra tickets. We're, you know what? We're, we're going to take a break. We're going to play the trailer for Woody Allen's Manhattan. We're going to be right back. Chapter one. He adored New York City. He idolized it all out of proportion. Uh, no, make that. He, he romanticized it all out of proportion. Better. To him, no matter what the season was, this was still a town that existed in black and white and pulsated to the great tunes of George Gershwin. Uh, now let me start this over. Chapter one. He was as tough and romantic as the city he loved. Behind his black-rimmed glasses was the coiled sexual power of a jungle cat. I love this. New York was his town, 
and it always would be. Manhattan, starring Woody Allen. Well, okay, well, tell me, why did you get a divorce? Why? I got a divorce because my ex-wife left me for another woman. Okay? Really? Mm-hmm. God, that must have been really demoralizing. I don't know. I thought I took it rather well under the circumstances. Oh, I tried to run them both over with a car. Diane Keaton. Much different. You're much different. You're yeah. S- yes, you're someone I could uh, I could imagine having children with. Really? Yeah. Well, hit the lights. Go ahead. Turn them out again. Michael Murphy. You don't want to make a commitment, and I don't want to break up my marriage and then find out that, that we're no good together. The point is, what the hell am I doing in this relationship anyway? My phone never stops ringing. I could go to bed with the entire faculty of MIT if I wanted to. It's just, I don't know. I'm wasting myself on a married man. Mariel Hemingway. See, I'm glad you could get out tonight, you know, because uh, I really did want to see you a lot. I like it when you get an uncontrollable urge. Yeah, I know. It's my best feature. Meryl Streep. Hey, don't write this book. It's a humiliating experience. It's an honest account of our breakup. Jesus, everybody that knows us is going to know everything. Look at you. You're so threatened. Hey, I'm not threatened because I, of the two of us, I was not the immoral, psychotic, promiscuous one. I hope I didn't leave out anything. Anne Byrne. Wow. Is this true? Did you make love with Jill and another woman? She put that in there. Oh, yeah. so Did she want it? You know, I, I was. I didn't want to be a bad spirit. I came here to strangle you. Nothing I wrote was untrue. What do you mean? That book makes me have to be like Lee Harvey Oswald. It's an honest account of our marriage. I think I'm still in love with Yale. You are. Or you think you are. I started seeing him again. I'm shocked. I'm. I'm shocked i'm surprised look i love her i've always loved her so what you liked it now you don't like it you did like it. you you, you know it's still early you can change your mind one more time before dinner you are so self-righteous you know i mean we're just people we're just human beings you know you think you're god i i gotta model myself after someone all right we're back that was a trailer for woody allen's manhattan you think they shot those uh snowy scenes or was that stock footage i don't know that's a good question it matched really well yeah it did on my second viewing i was like hmm it it stood out to me i was like interesting there's a few snow shots but the rest of the film is not snow they do a lot of weird things like that with time and season changes there's like a moment where like uh they're carving pumpkins yeah a lot of time changes like they're in between like scenes like they're like you know i'm I pick up the car in a week and we'll go out for an outing and boom, it's a week, a week later, you know? So, so was, is Hemingway's character, is she, is she done with high school and now she's yes going to study a, uh, abroad? Yeah. yeah. Well, cause she turned, she's 18 at the end of the movie. So presumably she got into some sort of specialty school in London. She's going for like six month course or something. Yeah, see, that's what throws me off. It's like, I don't know, you see the pumpkin shot, and it's like, wouldn't that, that have started in August or something? I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking of American. I don't know what. It's London. They do things differently. <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. I'm overthinking it. That's a really big pumpkin he has, though. I like that. Yeah, I thought that was fucking funny. <laughs> the kid's got the normal size pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> And the poster's pretty classic. I, I do like, I don't know, that is the most famous shot in the movie. The bridge shot where they're sitting down on the on the park bench, the bridge is in the background, lit up. It's gorgeous. There's so many shots of New York that have this, like, general haze 
it's always like deep in like deep in the background. You know, you're seeing down a street and it's just hazed out. And that looks absolutely amazing. It's a good looking film. It's interesting to to choose black and white and also, you know, I I a lot of the things I've read they they really talk about how this is shot widescreen. But that just seems normal to me because a lot of things are. So I, I guess that's that that was uncharacteristic of a film like this to be shot not only black and white but in this aspect ratio. Yeah, I think. Well, I think his other films before this were all one eighty five. I like it. I think it's really cool. It, it makes it feel unique, and you, it really you really feel the locations and you feel the the landscapes, and especially because they keep cutting out to that stuff. Like they they and, and the whole movie like lives kind of wide. Which is really weird. Like they, they, this whole film is no wonder everybody in this movie is kind of thin because they're walking constantly. Like, like it's nothing but like four shots of motherfuckers walking and talking. Well, how like, else are they gonna go somewhere? Come on. <laughs> I guess that's true because he makes a big deal about like he's like, don't buy a car. You don't need to fuck. I hate cars. Cars oh should God, be why fucking illegal in Manhattan. Car in Manhattan. <laughs> Because you, your your wife, you know, you're bored with your wife, and you're worried about like hooking up with this other thing who's like dating your best friend, and like now that's fucking everything up, and like God, I just need, I just need a fucking car. <sighs> I can't believe they gave that away in the trailer. Now that yeah, now that you said oh, they, that, no, I was, I, it blew me away. The, like the whole fucking movie's in the trailer, but you know, out of context, and you know, well, it's not about the plot. I don't think it's supposed to be like you know, massive plot revelations here. You're going to hear the dialogue you're going to see a woody allen film you're going to see the landscape shots the the plot is actually irrelevant are are all his films just rambling dialogue like this i've seen annie hall but it's been years and years ago i wouldn't call this rambling necessarily it's cohesive but but like it's just it's just non-stop but, dialogue yes this is yeah. how his films are yes okay and actually um, I've always been a big Woody Allen fan and my mother hates Woody Allen and she was so excited when he stopped appearing in his movies and would cast other actors mm. to be in them. <laughs> she said it was much better. Because, um, yeah, no, the style is exactly the same. You just hear him through the other actors. You hear him through the other actors, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can, I, I don't know, you can just always hear him in his rating. Especially if a character is uh, obsessed with death. Half of uh, Woody Allen's uh, main characters are are obsessed with death. Well, yeah. Well, aren't we all? I mean, you're only alive for how long? What are you doing with it? Wow, Kristen. Wow. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> so, uh, so like shouldn't everything <laughs> spring from that? What are you talking about? Maybe you're not. Shouldn't everything spring from that, including this movie? But that's why all of these people are constantly like... Well, that, that's the whole point. Like, you know, like, like his, we're just sitting there talking about his character and his predilection towards like young women or whatever. But like in this film, from this character's point of view, he's going through like a midlife crisis. You know, he's had two wives and then now he's, you know, he, he's unsure. He can't find the love or whatever. So it's just like his happenings of that. So yeah, it makes sense. He's, he's reached the middle point, you know? Well, so now what the fuck am I going to do? I, I need this youthful person to make me feel alive. Make me feel like I have something. No, I don't think it's that. I think it's actually not that at all. I think he, Diane Keaton says it. And well, did she say it actually? Uh, I think he dates her because he needs someone simple for a moment. And she is too young to challenge him. Yeah. She says. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, So this is actually kind of a break from this movie, at least. I don't know about Woody Allen, but this movie at least is a break from our, our previous movies where he's not or i guess taxi driver wasn't but you know the other two are like kind of you know pedophiles and i think he is just um 
and he can't he can't handle like like women at this point in his life at this stage in his life um but he clearly can because when diane keaton shows up he's like never mind i remember what it's like to have like a conversation (laughs) 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 and i don't mean that as shade to to the i don't even what is her character's name i don't even remember her name oh what was her name yeah okay well no that's no shade to the little girl like i said tracy Tracy, she's so cute and she is such like she steals every scene but she's still like so simple in this and she is not in any way shape or form challenging him and he needs that after being married to meryl i don't know that he needs that's not what he needs does not need a child but you know after being (laughs) married to meryl streep and all of that craziness um, he needs something simple and then he chooses, you know, a child, but, a, but which I'm not defending this, but like, I guess was normal at the time, because again, no one cared about this, that age gap when it came out. So I'm, I'm a little unsure about that. Actually, they had a, a very broad definition of, uh, you know, of love in the seventies. It was the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean that, that's it, the typical thing, though. When, when you go through, when you go through a midlife crisis, some men buy flashy cars, like the one guy, and then some some men date younger women. It's just you know, it, it, it's and, and the whole time he's also like, you shouldn't be with me, you know, like you know, you should be dating other guys, you know. Like, but he's still doing it. He's still faci- he's still facilitating it. He's just, but he, the whole time he's like, I know this is wrong, and and then people are like, well, you 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 should go for this other woman. He's like, well, uh, or, or unless you're in love with Tracy, well, no, she's too young. Like, like he's all every time he brings her up with other people, he's like, nah, you know, it's just a thing. But they all, yeah. But just like this is that's exactly like Dan Keaton. Every time he's like, well, I'm going to leave my wife, and she's like, no, why would you do that? Even though she's in love with him. And that's interesting too. Like, like you know, like uh, he's he's in that relationship. uh, Like she's giving him. Uh, he's trying to give her the out, like, you know, or, or like, no, not the out, but like say, we, we can be together. Just let me leave my wife. And the whole time she's like, no, don't do that. I don't want to be a homewrecker. But in essence, right. she's still being a homewrecker. So it's this, it's the same. It's, it's interesting. What they're, yeah, what they're all doing is the same. Just like, I mean, I think the idea that he's not actually in love with Tracy, is he? I mean, I, I they try no, to make that he is. He's but, in love with the idea. But at the idea, yes. But at the end, you know, I mean, that's supposed to be his big revelation is that he realizes he's in after Diane Keaton dumps him, right? He yeah, realizes that, 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 yeah. that he's in love. No, that is very standard. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. wait, I'm actually in love with the other one that I Yeah, I know, was. but also, but not, though. He's not, and though. He's like, yeah, no, he's not. Um, and that's when he does, like, the most selfish thing. And maybe that's what his smile is for, is he realizes he's such a dick. And he's like, eh, you know, by asking her to stay. I thought that, yeah, I thought that was really, like, shitty. Like, uh, that my, was so my, shitty. My, I'm glad my, she didn't stay. Because for half a second, I've seen this, before, like, plenty of times before. But for half a, every time the end comes, I'm like, oh, God, she's not going to stay. Please don't stay. Well, wait, you don't know what she does. You don't know. In, you know, in essence, don't after six months, you don't know what happens. But my happy ending. What Brian. you don't know? You don't know if she if she could totally oh, stay you, in New oh, York with him and not oh, even go. Yeah, not even yeah, go to London. It, no, it could go that way. As my, well. This is a graduate head, ending, guys. I'm telling she's you, she's gone to London. <laughs> so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> she's she's gonna be okay. And listen, if she All wants right, we'll to come back in six months. 
and and they can be together i whatever whatever but no she has to go come on yeah no doubt because also uh, that, he was such a sleazeball he's like he's like i don't want you to go i don't i, I want you to stay and she's like you're this, she's going like to this this is for her life you know this is for this, her she's whole try, life she's, she's trying to go start her fucking life and, and you, this is the thing you're if, fucking with her emotions and fucking with her it's if evil. she stays <laughs> he would break up with her in less yes. than a week i guarantee yes <laughs> and it would be for nothing she had lost it all like yeah and probably yeah. even with her whole family because her fucking family's already over there and like yeah. picking out the place like dude no fuck you i'm, I'm going what the fuck you know he is such a dick i even like it when she's like well he's like you still you still love me right and she's like well do you love me he's like well yeah i'm here aren't i of course of course that's what this is all about that's not an important question okay do do you love me like i need to know i need that validation please oh it's such a dick Uh. man yeah, dude. <laughs> fucking narcissist baby. And every time he touches her, I cringe. Like, like, like the like, oh, like when, when he, he touched like, her hair. When he touched I her was hair, like, don't do that, please. Oh, and she starts crying, and he puts his that's, hand on her neck. That's the and worst. And then like touches one. the tear, like just that that odd, <sighs> odd framed hand like on her was so uncomfortable, and I was just like, yes. ugh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 cringe. And then just the way it ends, you're just sitting there like, what the absolute fuck. <laughs> Oh, but see, in my head, <laughs> she told alone. him no, and so when it ends, I'm like, yes. "Oh my god, this is a great ending." No, that was good, but also, <laughs> Brian, you ruined wow. this movie for that, me. That, that fucking smile he gives—that's what I said. That's where I got confused at the end, because like, why is he smiling here? What's he? What is he trying to tell me with this smile? Is he saying that? Yeah, I, I got one over on her. It's going to work out. Like, you know, like his little game that he was trying to play there or i've always read the smile at the end to be like you know like yes i need to learn to have faith in people but you see where that got me yeah like of course i'm not gonna let her go or you know you you think think he makes her stay he just pack up and go to london doesn't he like work (laughs) from home like he doesn't have an office he's a writer like just go to london with her like i know just go yeah yeah just hop on the plane no no, look uh, hello Kristen. did you not Listen to chapter one. Chapter one was about New York. If <laughs> yeah, I don't goes care. <laughs> well, wait. No, it's, it's just for six months. It's just for six months. Isn't he writing a different book though? When he realizes, like he <laughs> he lo- he loves her. He's like he's like. Oh wait a minute. Uh, we got we got to think about what what's great about life, huh? Let's let me see. Uh, baseball uh, <laughs> or some baseball player. <laughs> yeah, these fucking crabs down here. Oh, they're delicious. Tracy's oh. face. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that seventeen-year-old right. goddess. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go find her you know she's 18 now she's legal but i'm still a, i'm still a kid where were like her parents just, though come on they were in london getting an apartment for her i like how she's Not standing in the lobby time. just like brushing her hair when he finds her what the and fuck i is was that? like what that is so weird and then i was like you know when i used to carry a brush and brush my hair randomly really? it was when i was a child yes i did actually when i was a child i did actually carry a brush and i would brush my hair but like as an adult that is not something you did do. you do it in the hallway while you're waiting for your taxi i mean i don't think i did actually does the hair need to be brushed that often <laughs> well she was packing well, she got all mussy. Uh, it makes it makes sense she had her if, if she's leaving, she has she has her. Okay, but speaking of hair, I did not enjoy <laughs> Diane Keaton's hair in this because the what? bangs are weird. No, come on, okay, guys. Okay, no, listen. Me. Let me let me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, first of all, she's super cute and it, it works on her. Like that's not what I mean. Like it's super cute. It's not like the one from last week where it looked like awful. oh that was terrible. It was yeah. terrible. No, this week this this week it's like it's super cute. But like also the whole time I was looking at her and I was like, baby, you have curly hair. Why did you brush it? Like this is what happens when you brush curly hair. <laughs> oh, it gets frizzed um, out. 
out like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, mm, why did why was this a choice? And I was so that's when I like went down this rabbit hole of like, is this Diane Keaton's choice? Is this, was she just brushing her hair? It was the hair person just like not versed on curly hair and she would brush it for her? Because usually that's the actor will intervene and be like, please do not touch my fucking hair. Like, what is wrong with you? Because uh, there are a lot of people that don't know how to, to do curly hair anyway so i was just trying to figure out what was happening also yeah her bangs were kind of weird but it works she's super cute it works it works it works but also i think it helps also. her frazzled like character she's she's like fucking stressed the fuck out okay they all time. are that's part of like living in new york come on <laughs> yeah I, I super liked her look uh yeah no she's super cute i loved i loved everything about her including the hair also i was just wondering about her hair like what was that now Wallace Shawn's hair was perfect for his character, like his like perfect little curls. Oh, the oh, yeah. genius sex god. Yeah, fucking um, <laughs> what, what was inconceivable. Name? He had the perfect name. Yeah, inconceivable. <laughs> he had the perfect fucking name too. What was it? One second. Oh, I forget, man. He was wonderful, and I love how nervous Woody Allen got as soon as he realized. Who <laughs> 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 The whole thing was just absolutely perfect. I, 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 I was expecting it like someone else, not a homunculus. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look up what the fuck that was. <laughs> and it means a very small human or humanoid creature. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on, you just got back from anime convention. What? Well, I don't think people there are calling themselves a homunculus. No, uh, Full Metal Alchemist. They have like the. No. Um, anyway, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Now I feel real nerdy. Um, he says whilst doing a podcast. Hey, man, Joe Rogan does a podcast, right? No, that's right. It's cool now. Yeah, he's like a the dude that beats people up, right? Yeah. Wait, does he? Or he used to? Yeah, yeah, he, like taekwondo or like kickboxing. Oh, oh, like I thought you meant like he has like a. a- uh, uh, <laughs> he's got bum fights the podcast. Oh, he's just randomly beating people up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, was he arrested or something? And I missed it. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. No, man. When you start getting paid $100 million, you kind of cool all that shit down. Like, we just got to keep this thing going. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I hope if Joe Rogan ever gets arrested, that's going to be he's beating the shit out of people in the street. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Making them eat bugs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody got anything else? I don't. I don't know if I. Um, excuse me. We were talking about orgasms. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Speaking of orgasms, what what is <laughs> what 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 is that joke? What is what is the woman mixing up orgasms with? Where she's like, my doctor. T- I told my doctor I had an orgasm, but he told me it was the wrong kind. What 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 is she mixing up orgasm with? I I kept trying to think of that. I'm like, uh, that's really funny, but I don't I don't know if I get it. She was having fake ones. I don't know. <laughs> Kristen, do women have different types of orgasms? Well, yeah, they do actually, but oh. they're all correct. Like I don't. <laughs> Maybe it was just there's I don't different know. levels. There's just different levels. It's no, just, no, no. Uh... There are different um, um, areas of the woman's body that can have um, orgasms. So like you oh. have. No, like, I mean, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head would be, like, wasn't the 70s when they were like, oh, let's see if we can find, like, a G-spot and see if that's, like, a real thing that women can orgasm from, and they decided it wasn't, but (laughs) it's the 70s. Um, 
so yeah you can have different there's there's what at least three or four different types of orgasms that women can have that i can think of offhand and this is not going to become a science lesson so we're not going into details um (laughs) but i don't know why her doctor would tell her that's wrong i learned best via picture yeah best of luck with that (laughs) yeah because the female orgasm is a myth brian And I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, but Bono found it. Um, man, my my only other note is uh, the reaction shots of the <laughs> of the uh, the two couples when they're watching the movie theater, and Woody Allen's very cautiously looking over to see if Diane Keaton and. Her boy toy or holding hands or making eyes or anything. I thought that was pretty Why funny. did he seat him? <laughs> why, why are they sitting next to each other? That's exactly what my wife like, said. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Like, You're never going to watch the movie. You're just going to watch them the whole time. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Man, bad movie blocking. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to bring up. I was looking this up. I thought this was absolutely insane. If you go to Woody Allen's filmography for directing... This is, it's it's just, it's absolutely insane. You go from 19, I think it's 1982 is the year. 1982, a Midsummer Night sex comedy. All the way up until 2019, a rainy day in New York. Woody Allen had a film come out once a year. Written. Wow, that's impressive. And directed. Can you imagine that? What's the ratio of uh, good to shit? I mean, dude, the fact that you could get good, like eat one or two good in there is kind of impressive. He has more than two good films. I mean, no, <laughs> he has, he's got like a shit ton. Oh, he's, he's, yeah. yeah, he has a lot of good movies. Wow, that's really I didn't, impressive. I didn't realize it was once a year. Yeah, once I mean, a fucking year. Isn't that crazy? Theoretically, no, no, I mean, that makes sense. You know, it takes you, what, a month or two to write a movie, a month or two to shoot it, a month or two to edit it, and then you still got the rest of the year to vacation. Like, it makes sense. Oh, what are you talking about, Kristen? <laughs> no, that is what? You are making yeah. up timetables. <laughs> what? Is that not is that not how it works? I mean, maybe maybe that's how Woody Allen and Clint Eastwood roll, but uh, that's not I how. I mean, clearly, most that's how they're doing it. They have to be doing something like that. Dude, some of these years he was pumping out two or more. I know, right? Wow. Well, uh, I, I don't know about directing. Um, I didn't. I didn't see. I don't think I saw double directing. Oh no, you're right. Radio Days and September both came out on the same year, 1987. Oh, yeah. 94? 94, two years. Bullets yep. over Broadway, and he did a TV movie, Don't Drink the Water. I have not seen that. I don't know if that's any good. But man, yeah, that's crazy. 2001? Three. Wait, what? 2003? One's, one's a TV short. Oh, okay. He's pumping out some material. Well, okay, so put that in perspective, right? I had to go check this out. Motherfucker has 16 Oscar nominations for screenplay. Has won three Oscars for original screenplay. He's been nominated seven times for directing, and he's won one Oscar for directing. Oh wow! So he's won four Oscars total. That is, oh my god! Can you imagine? Yeah, well, one I, a year. Think about this. That's fucking yeah, a great batting average. Yeah, but I'm surprised. Honestly, he hasn't won more. But I mean, most of his stuff is comedies, so that doesn't always. But he's you know, 
But maybe that's okay. If we're going back to earlier, like why haven't allegations come out against him from other than his children? Um, if he's churning out one movie a year, I don't know that that's someone that you would speak out against, right? I mean, even in the Me Too era when they took down Harvey Weinstein, like, oh, yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, I mean, okay. I don't know, maybe, yeah, no, he would be an easy target, like, because. Yeah, all the allegations are coming from his chil- children. Chil- stepchildren or children? Stepchildren. Uh, he only has one child with Mina, Mia Farrow, uh, Satchel, which... Uh, Satchel? Was Ron- is it Ronan? I think so. Ronan. Ronan and yeah. Dylan. And Satchel? Well, I think Satchel changed their name to Ronan. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh. it's okay. the same person. Yeah, I Sorry. really don't know like his life. Wait, wait, wait. Thought, which is un- weird because I, I normally Ronan was the Frank Sinatra's kid. Uh well, that's not been confirmed or denied. Okay, I don't know. Whatever. It's one. Of, that's one of those like fucking internet Hollywood rumors, man. Don't wait, know if oh, it's true. Frank Sinatra. Yeah, might as well be. Let's just go with it. Yeah, we're gonna put it up there with Richard Gere and Gerbils. Sure. If you hear the story, that enough, totally happened. It's gotta oh, be yeah. true. I heard that story. Yeah, yeah, I was like a small has. child. <laughs> I think it was on the news. <laughs> oh, it was on the news? <laughs> they did what with the gerbils? <laughs> no, I think that was when the whole like concept it was explained to me because it was on the news and I was asking questions. So it's like the plastic tubes, only the tubes are made of flesh. Is that... Oh, God. <sighs> Is this? Did you need a, a visual photo for this also, Brian? Oh, no, I got plenty. <laughs> Taken care of, Kristen. I've seen South Park. They they took it to the next level. Did they? If you don't, yeah, uh, Lemmy Winks. If you look up uh, South Park Lemmy Winks, uh, they I, put I a gerbil into Mr. Slave's ass, and then he goes on an adventure. <laughs> the gerbil or the gerbil? Oh, the gerbil. Okay. Oh, the gerbil okay. goes through many tunnels. Oh, no. <laughs> Gets to one compartment, and there's like a whole bunch of like gerbil skeletons. It's so stupid. Oh god. Oh fuck. Thanks, Richard Gear. <laughs> He's the goat. <laughs> oh my goodness. Are we at ratings here? God, it, it feels like. It. <laughs> All right. Oh, who's going first? Who's rating Manhattan? I feel like I've gone first a lot, so... Uh, I know, but you're, like, you know, so well-versed on Woody Allen. I think you got to, like, set the tone. Um, all right. Uh, I don't know. I, I enjoy the movie. I like the movie. I think the movie flows. It's uh, It's got a really nice runtime. Yeah, yeah. You're not, you're, not, you're not able to get bored, you know? It's It's in and out. And it is funny, you know. It's just it's dry funny. It's Woody Allen funny. Yeah, I, and you know I didn't really like Woody Allen movies until I w- was in my thirties. Um, I like I really struggled. Like Annie Hall for a long time to me was like, oh, that's the movie that won Best Picture over fucking Star Wars. Fuck that film. And that's <laughs> that's kind of how it lived in my brain for a very long time. And I I've even seen a film print of it. Uh, didn't really appreciate it until. 30, 32, somewhere in that ballpark. And then, I don't know, this kind of went, went down a, a, a Woody Allen rabbit hole. I think this is a, a, an early film. This and Woody Allen, or, uh, Woody Allen, this and uh, Annie Hall are both early examples of pretty much what he's going to do for the rest of his career, romantic comedy-wise, or 
dramedy, whatever you want to call this. Because, I mean, it is, I mean, you know, it, it, the story, the plot mechanics and what's happening with the characters is very dramatic based. Um, he's just bringing in, bringing in the humor. Man, I just, I really like Gordon Willis's cinematography. This man informed what the 70s really looked like. You know, him and, and Vilmos Zygmunt, uh, those are the guys from the 70s that I, th- that just had that look. Gordon Willis was just dark. This, the Godfather, um, I mean, I think Gordon Willis and Annie Hall, uh, I think he, d- he did Annie Hall. That was the first Woody Allen movie he did. So, I mean, yeah, it, it looks good. It looks great. It's not my favorite, though, so, like, I, I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to give it a 10, but it's not my favorite Woody Allen movie. I kind of want to give it, like, a 9.5 just because it's not my favorite, but I don't know what to knock about it. Like, all the performances are good. All the characters are good. The dialogue is really good. Like, the jokes just kind of come out of nowhere. Like, they, you're delivering a conversational dialogue about some bullshit, and you're like, oh, okay, wait, that that's what his ex-wife did, and boom, there goes a the joke. It, it just... Pops in there, and that's just really brilliant. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a ten. Fuck it, I, I can't think of a reason not to give it a ten. Yeah, ten. Good man. I agree with you on the Gordon Willis tip. Like the way this is shot is really interesting to me because if we think about the way that that comedies are shot now, it's all like brightly lit, and and they just kind of like there's a lot of cutting, right? So there's a lot of improv going on, and they're having to build what's happening with the edit. What's interesting about this is we let the camera live, and so we're getting these performances. And there's probably some like improv going on, but it's just it's not happening with the edit. It's happening as a scene, which is really interesting. It makes me wonder if you could shoot something like this today with this kind of like slow cut edit, but like we're living in the moment. And I think that's what makes this unique. And when I said at the beginning that this is like a mumblecore film, it's because it's just nonstop dialogue. But unlike a mumblecore film, this actually is like crafted. You know, it's not just random bullshit. And that's where you see the Woody Allen, like, genius. And um, I don't know, man. I, I've, I've found this movie really easy to watch, uh, even even with its kind of, like, quote-unquote, slower pace of the edit style. And I found that to be very intriguing. Uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, and, and I love all the actors. I think everybody's fucking excellent in it. Um, it's, it's, it's a 10. And it just, just on the fact that it's a really, really, really solidly made film. And it's very entertaining. You're here. What say you, Kristen? Okay, so <clears throat> yeah, I agree. This isn't my fave, my top favorite Woody Allen film. However, I think this is outstanding. Everything from the cinematography to the score to the the whole look of it, the the hair and the actually, I think the hair is actually the strongest. Uh, in terms of their visuals like the costuming is great but it's like not super like front and center like annie hall is right like that's very heavy on the costumes like this one is but it's not and the the makeup also you can't really you don't really notice it but the hair everyone has very distinct hair in this and it looks really good even diane keaton's frizzy mess is definitely a choice and it works really well um it's so funny. I laugh all the time. Like they're talking about the most serious things and it's still so funny. And if it's not a line of dialogue that's making you laugh, it is a situation that they are in that is so absurd and it works, but it's still hilarious. And I just love it. That is how, you know, everything should be this movie. And, and, and that's, that's, I think the brilliant thing about this is 
this is not, this is a masterpiece and I'm going to give it a 10, but is this anyone's masterpiece? No, Woody Allen has better movies. Dan Keaton has better, you know, like they all have better things. And yet this is still a masterpiece of a movie. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this a 10. It's great. Wow. All around tens. Well, you have to, right? One of Woody Allen's early classics, Manhattan combines modern, bittersweet humor and timeless romanticism with unerring grace. Hmm. Rotten Tomatoes brings us in at a 94% tomato meter with an audience score of 92. Most people love this film. Yeah, obviously. 92? That was from the audience? That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it should be higher, right? Well, I'm sure these were before the Me Too. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, like it's, it's, it is black and white and the, the pace cut, you know, the cu- pace the, the of the cuts are a little one. slow. A pretty problematic picture that leaves a sour taste in the mouth. Yeah, that was from what, 2018? Uh, 2017. There <laughs> oh, you go. Oh, 2017. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you were pretty spot on. <laughs> no, like I said, like in the last like five years, maybe I guess six, like people have started really hating this movie. And honestly, going back and rewatching it, I am not condoning this relationship dating a, you know, a high school 17 year old kid. <laughs> But the movie holds up like a lot of it holds up. And, and as far as all of the other cringeworthy stuff that we've seen, like this is. Uh, it's the most this. enjoyable. Thank you. I was going to say it's fine, but that's not, what, that's just, not correct. Well, <laughs> here's another one it says, fortunately, this film has a quick runtime of 96 minutes. So you only have to be around these obnoxious people and their trite problems for a short time. Oh, that's stop. the whole point. Give it's me a like, break. Li- <laughs> Like people like, you know, yeah, people, ha- you're not supposed to like these people, really. You're, you're looking into the, that's to, not the to point. Their fucked up. That's, yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. The point exactly. is that they are fucked up and this is how they're getting through this particular issue with the issue being their fucked up love life. And, and this, yeah, you're, you're, you're following them and hopefully you can learn something from them and be entertained along the way. And who wants to watch a fucking goddamn love story with normal fucking people that are healthy? You know, so much better, right? Where's the drama in that? I love you (laughs) and I support you. I love and support you too. Thank you, darling. The end. Roll credits. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) Hallmark. Next year they'll do it with Christmas. (laughs) Christmas in Manhattan. Sequel. Yeah. Oh, and with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to moviecrewpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at moviecrewpod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? The audience can follow me on Instagram at checkthegate or on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. Kristen, where can they find you? Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And tonight, we're going to close out the show with, oh my gosh, what track are we going to do? You know, it's funny. We're going to do the uh, big bombastic, uh, bombastic music when he is leaving to confront his buddy about having an affair with Diane Keaton. Uh, this is titled Land of the Gay... <laughs> Calbarero. And this is from composer Zubin Meda. Enjoy. Zubin Meda.